Welcome to the Harbor Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information, visit us online at www.theharborli.com. Well, I, uh, I love this service every year. It's my favorite service. Um, my gifting is uh, I'm just a natural-born visionary. And uh, the great thing is I've got people around me that are serving that are better at implementing it than I am. So I think it's always important as a leader that you have people around you that are better at things than you are, right? And when I look at our teams, I look at our young people, I look at those that are serving, and I see the giftedness of them. Sometimes it's like, man, I wish I had the gifting. I wish I could sing like Lindsay. Well, maybe a little deeper, but sing, you know, like these guys. But, but God has gifted um, uh, people in this body in such a magnificent way. And, and it, as a pastor, it just excites me. And uh, um, we just, in November, we just passed the 17-year mark of being your pastors, and we love it. And I just want to say that, um, you know, the leadership here, that, and we have the same leadership 17 years later that we had when we started. Isn't that great? And we're getting so old, we don't know each other's names, and we don't remember each other, but uh, no. But we, we, um, we are just loving this season of ministry and life together. Uh, we're all getting older. We, we talk a lot about the medications we're all on and all that stuff, where to get the best frozen yogurt. It's awesome. It's awesome. But uh, no, we, but we're, we're loving it, and we're, we're loving seeing the next generation uh, rise up and begin to serve. And there's a whole other wave coming behind the ones that are on the platform now that we've got our eyes on. And so we're just so excited about that. And um, I, I just want to say that as a pastor, uh, this is the 34th year of full-time pastoring that I've been in. I, I was 12 when I started. I know. I know. I, I'd fig, go figure. But um, I have never been more excited and more passionate about a season of ministry than I, as I am right now. And, and just so you guys know, too, that this is my plan. You know, there's that quote that says, you want to make God laugh, laugh tell him your plans. This is my plan. So I'm going to do this to about 80. And then me and Dog are going to serve in the parking lot holding up signs with our walkers, welcoming people. Mine will have an engine on it. I will have a Briggs & Stratton motor on my walker. So you'll see me going like this. So it'll be great. But but uh, but uh, my my plan is when I when I can't pastor any, when I can't speak anymore and I because I can't read I can't speak and I can't hear whatever when I get to that place I'm going to be a greeter, so just so you guys know greeter put schedule me in for twenty something years from now that's going to be my role. But what am I trying to say? We're going to serve here the rest of our lives. That's our heart. That's our plan. We love. This is not a position or this is not a job for us. You you are family. This is the calling of God on our lives, and for us, listen, um, we have excellent leaders coming behind us that are going to take the harbor into a direction, into a destiny that we could have only dreamed about. So I'm excited about what God has done. Are you excited about what God's doing at the harbor? Amen. So my dad, uh, when, I, when I was with him in, in August, about a month before he passed away, my dad uh, had said to me, he said, there's a piece of paper that I, I, I don't want you to ever lose. And, and, and I knew what he was talking about. So my dad served in the army in Korea in, in the late 50s. And I guess you'd call it a platoon. I don't know. Daryl, you could help me with this. I know I'm going to get it wrong. So, but his, the group of soldiers, well, that's a platoon, right? A group that serves, am I, am I right? Good. Good, because I don't want to say this wrong. 
So they, they take these tests in the army of um, the shooting tests. And uh, so you have marksman, sharpshooter, and then the top of the line is expert. And my dad, out of his whole platoon, was number one in the expert category. So he's a, he's a, he was a really good shot. And so this piece of paper is like yellowed and ripped and torn, but it's in my office on the wall in a frame. And, uh, and I told him that I would do that. I said, Dad, I'm going to put that in my office and I'm going to look at it every day and think of you. And, um, you know, growing up in Michigan, I grew up, you know, uh, learning how to uh, shoot and, and target practice and shoot clay pigeons and um, just, I'm not a bad shot. I'm just going to brag right now. I'm not a bad shot. My dad taught me a lot of good things. Um, but one of the things when you're shooting that happens is when you are target practicing, for instance, um, you're, you have to be completely all in and focused on the target, right? And you're, you're, you're the, all the stuff on the peripheral just kind of disappears, and you are focused looking at that target. And um, all of your vision is focused on that. It's laser vision focus. You're accounting for distance. You're accounting for wind. You're accounting for a lot of different things. But the goal is that you hit the target. And um, as a church, you know, I think in the church world, uh, in the past, it's kind of been like, well, we're just going to wing it and let the Holy Spirit take over. And it's kind of like, well, if, if you aim at nothing long enough, you'll eventually hit something, Right. And, and, uh, but I just believe that God is a, when you look at creation, there was a plan, there was a purpose, there was something that's so unique, but it was also very organic. And when, when God speaks to his church, um, there's systems and structures that need to be in place to enable the organization to grow. Amen. And when you look at the early church, it was that way. There was structure. When you look, go all the way back to the Old Testament, and Moses' father-in-law said, dude, you need to stop doing what you're doing and start delegating. And, and so uh, we're just excited about that. And when I, when I read Ephesians 3, Ephesians is a great book, by the way. If you've never read it, it's, it's a great book. And Paul said that his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purposes that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. What this tells me is that what we do, as Paul described the church as a mystery, the ecclesia, it's the, it's the called out ones. What, what we do as a church impacts the heavenlies. It does. There are principalities and spiritual forces that we read about in Ephesians 6 that, that there, there are, there, there's, there's ranks in the heavenlies of demonic and there's ranks in the heavenlies of angelic. And what we do as a church influences those heavenly positions. Paul said our battle's not against flesh and blood, it's against spiritual forces and wickedness in high places. It, listen, what, don't ever think that this is just a physical thing. We come together, we meet, we get our emotions tickled, and we leave. There's something deep that happens in the heavenlies when we meet together as his body. And, and so what we are called to do is to make known his manifold wisdom. The, the word manifold would be kind of like um, looking at a diamond and it's multifaceted. There's, there, there, there's the wisdom of God. The world is looking for the wisdom of God because wisdom is crying in the streets. 
And I feel like our calling as a church is not to continually fight the culture that we find ourselves in, but to be culture changers. And you do that through relationship, by the way. You don't stand on a soapbox and make declarations and think that's going to change anything. It's, it's doing life with people that don't agree with you, that are so different than you. It's, it's, it's having influence in their lives. Let me just give you a ground ball of, of a way that you could bring influence. I want to stretch your thinking a little bit today. So everyone in this church has been rocked by the, the death of this little boy this week. It's been a horrible situation, made national news. But Long Island, and especially our community, has been rocked by this horrible, horrible tragedy. Tomorrow night, they're going to be having a candlelight vigil at St. John's. Um, and, you know, my wife and I are going to go. You know why we're going to go? Because there's going to be people in the community that are hurting. There are going to be leaders in the community that are dumbfounded and hurting. The community is hurting over this, and we can be, uh, we have influence. We can be a, a light. And I just want to encourage you to think outside your box, you know. Uh, may, maybe you show up tomorrow night and hold a candle, and, and, and you, you just, God might put someone next to you that's hurting, and you can just put your arm around them and go, man, I love you. Now, that's changing the culture. That's just one of hundreds of examples, and that's a ground ball. That's an easy one. That's happening tomorrow. I want to encourage you that, that we are called to, to make him known to Long Island and the entire world. So let me share with you uh, just the vision for the harbor overall, both campuses, just it's not changed. It's, 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 we're still kind of hanging on to it, but it's a reminder of anything, of, of the core things that are important to us. And then we're going to get into specifics today and talk about the specifics for this campus and, and some things with Patchogue. So uh, one of the things that has never changed, but we're more passionate than ever, is that we need a move of the Holy Spirit in our church. You know what? God still moves. And, and, and the, the fact is there's a lot of us that are, are burned out and tired and dried out, and, and there, there is power available in the Holy Spirit that my prayer is that when you go back for prayer, when people lay hands on you, people actually get healed, and people get filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to <laughs> overflow what God is doing in them. God still does that, and we still believe in that. I never want to move away from that because that's the power that we lack sometimes. So I want to see that happen corporately, but I want to see it happen in your individual life as well. I want to see each of you have personal revival in your life. Someone said, what's revival? And, and one guy got a piece of chalk out and he said, draw a circle around yourself and pray that everything within that circle is transformed and changed. That's revival. I pray that each of us in this room have personal revival this year that we go deeper and, 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 and we, we, we hear the deep things of God in our life and God begins to challenge us and stretch us and speak to us. How many that's what you're, you're crying for, out for this year? Amen? So a greater move of the Holy Spirit. So then coupled with that, when that happens, then you, now you're able to hear what he's saying. And so what we feel like is important is that he's going to speak to us two ways. Number one, he's going to speak to us about our condition. That's got to be the starting point, where he speaks to us about, uh, you know, where we're at. How, how is your soul? How's your soul really doing? God will confront us through Scripture and his word and speak to us. And, and once we deal with the condition, then we can hear from him about our direction. 
I don't think he's ever going to give us the direction for our lives until we've dealt with our condition first, individual and as a church. And so that's our prayer. Uh, it, it just that, That's coupled with, with getting with God and having a greater move of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will point things out in our lives, if you haven't noticed already. And then, uh, man, our prayer is that more people would come to know Jesus this year than ever before in, our, in the history of our church. Look around and see some of the empty seats. Can we believe God together that a year from now there are going to be people sitting in those seats that don't even know him yet? that are going to be sitting here raising their hands and saying, God changed my life? Can I make you a deal? If we promise to do our part, would you promise to do your part and fill these seats up with people? With neighbors and friends and coworkers and family members? Man, they need to, how else are they going to be changed by the gospel unless they hear? And then coupled with that is as people come to know Christ and they, they turn their lives over for Christ, we want to move them uh, into uh, what we would call discipleship and, and begin to do life together with them. Discipleship is more than a 12-week class, by the way. It's doing life together. It's being in the trenches together. It's crying together and weeping together and praying together and sometimes correcting, but getting into his word and, and, and learning uh, what God says about how we should live and who we are in Him. And, and our prayer is that we would take baby Christians and this year see them come into a level of maturity that's a level of growth. doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for 50 years. You might not have ever got out of the baby stage. You might be still sucking on a bottle. Man, I shouldn't have said that, but that sounded so right at the moment. But no, I don't know. I don't know. We might get some emails on that one. Uh, so uh, let's, let's keep, you guys ready to hear what, what God's going to do specifically here? Okay, let's get, let's get down to brass tacks, as they say. See, I say all these sayings, and my staff go, what does brass tacks mean? They, they don't know. These are, these are older sayings, but I feel like we need to teach the younger generation the value of, so stupid. Okay, um, number one, Center Mariches, our Center Mariches campus. This is the campus that uh, let, let, me just, let me just share with you how God has had his hand on this campus. So this campus started out with a group of women that, uh, that actually Vinnie Marianne Mercurio's, uh, Marianne and, and Elaine's mother was part of that group. They, they, they started to meet for Bible studies. They wanted to go deeper, and God began to move, and they went from meeting in a bar to other places. And in the early 80s, they actually uh, had their first organized service on an Easter Sunday in a two-car garage, and 52 people showed up. And they had no pastor. They had no pastor for years, and the church kept growing. <laughs> I love that. And, and the fact that they should have, th this church should have been closed down so many times over the years. But God had a plan for this church. God has a destiny for this church, and what we see today is built on so many that prayed and, and paid the price, and, and, and you know, there, there's investment here, and, and there's, there's a measure of fruit that we're seeing today, but it is not in any way over. It's just beginning, and we feel like God is launching us to, to do something amazing on Long Island. And uh, so this church is an amazing church, and Patchogue was born out of the vision of this church, and there's going to be many more campuses in the future that are born out of the vision of this church. And so Santa Marich is, is just a, an incredible place. So uh, we're going to make some shifts, and we're going to make some changes, and um, it's all to ensure 
growth, and there needs to be strong structures and systems in place in order for us to go to the next level. And those of you that are business people know exactly what I'm talking about. So we've got a couple in our church that are very precious to me, um, and we just love them to death. I know you love them, and and I'm going to put their picture up right here, Pastor Ben and Amber Murray. How many think they're just awesome? So some of you that are new might not know the backstory, but back in the 80s, I became a children's pastor, and Ben was a little kindergartner, runny nose. No, he didn't have a runny nose, but it would have, he probably did. But he, 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 he came into my children's group, and I had him as a kid until he was in sixth grade. And, and so uh, my son Scotty is a few years younger than Ben. Ben, and there's another young man named Scotty who's now a senior pastor. I would, I would pack these guys in the front of my pickup truck. We had a big trailer we would pull, and we would go and do children's crusades for small churches that couldn't afford it. We do like three-night crusades, and I taught these guys how to use puppets. Oh, by the way, puppets are these things you put on your hand and you do to music and all that. That was cutting edge back in the day. And, uh, uh, but these guys hung with me, and they were just little second, third, fourth graders, but they were workers. They were incredible. And I'll never forget the day that uh, Pastor Ben came to me and said, you know what? I want to be a children's pastor someday. And, man, my heart was warmed. And so in 2004, we brought Ben here as an intern at first, and he served for two years um, and, and just did an incredible job in, in children's ministry. And it was the first time that Lamb's Chapel at the time had ever had someone come in specifically for children, uh, that that's all they did. And Ben just built a great team. Some of you might remember the jungle down at the other end that he had. There was all kinds of animals. They'd get loose. You'd be a ferret running around, and the cleaning ladies would run out into the street. And it was like crazy. Uh, it was awesome. And uh, tarantulas and snakes, and it was just, some of you are like, what, what does that have to do with kids' ministry? I don't know. But it was cool. So, uh, so then Ben felt the call to go back to our home church where it all started for me and him. And he served for six years and uh, married this awesome young lady named Amber. She's saying, stop. So, uh, and they served six years at our home church, and then I'll never forget in 2012 when uh, Ben called and said, hey, um, I know you're looking for a a children's pastor again. Um, We'd like to send a resume. Would you be open uh, to considering us again? And I was playing hardball. I'm like, no. Yes. (laughs) So we met, and we had a great visit at the diner. Remember the time at the diner, Amber? We talked, and, and the team that we had interviewing candidates. We went through so many candidates. It was Ben and Amber the whole time. It was awesome. And they've been serving as our children's pastors since 2012 and have done an amazing job. Amen. So they and their ministry and life are feeling like uh, there's some changes coming for them and seasons are changing. And um, so we're excited to announce today that we're going to be moving Ben and Amber to associate pastors of this campus and uh, they're, amen. And so Pastor Ben and Amber are going to be taking care of the, the day-to-day operations of Center Riches, the, all the nuts and bolts, the volunteer culture and integrating people into leadership, raising up new teams. And, uh, and one of the passions that Pastor Ben has had is just 
um, expanding connect groups. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But um, just, and, and we've been doing this slowly for a couple of years. You might have noticed Pastor Ben's been down here more and more. And, and we're just excited about moving him into this uh, position. I love having a church and an organization where if someone within that organization feels like it's time for them to move into a different vein, they don't have to leave us and go somewhere else. That there's room within the harbor for them to serve and continue on in the calling that God has called them to. Um, Pastor Ben's going to be uh, assisting me with counseling and visitation um, and uh, all the Sunday morning operations. And uh, obviously, we are, uh, you know, just uh, excited about the new vision and passion that Pastor Ben and Amber are going to bring to the Harbor Center Mariches. And we're just so excited about that. And, um, and so, in saying that, they've been so wonderful at raising up other leaders. And that's part of our DNA, is identifying people, training them, raising them up for ministry, and releasing them. So we're excited. There's another incredible couple that we just love so much. And I want to just show you their picture, Ryan and Hannah Barker. How many love Ryan and Hannah? So Ryan is a school teacher with the same age group of kids that, he, that we have in children's church. And he just can't say Jesus in the schools. Such a horrible thing. And um, to, to mention the name of Jesus, that's just so destructive. But anyway, um, so, but he's doing this, the same kind of lessons in the, in the public schools. He's got such a passion for kids. And, and, and Ryan and Hannah, the last few years, have been working with Ben and Amber. And honestly, the kids love them. And they love the kids. Hannah is one of the most kind, loving, wonderful young ladies you will ever meet. Has been involved in uh, all of the Christmas stuff. And uh, just they just serve selflessly. And so we are thrilled to announce that we're going to be moving them in as the children's ministry directors of Center Marich's campus. And, and they're going to be working under Pastor Ben and Amber, and it's just going to be, uh, as far as they're overseeing everything, but um, it's just going to be a wonderful new change and new season for our kids' ministry and for this campus, and uh, we're just excited. So my role as a pastor, uh, I, am, I am still going to be the lead pastor of the Harbor Church. That's not changing. I'm still going to, some of you thinking I'm retiring, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> If you see me out in the parking lot holding a sign, you know that I've had enough. And just go to another church, and there's another arrow. I'm just so, uh, but I'm still going to function as the main visionary leader of the harbor. And um, and but my role is going to change in the sense that I'm going to start pouring into leaders in both campuses more, spending more time with leaders and potential leaders, and trying to bring out the best and the calling in all of them, and mentoring them, and and being able to spend that kind of time with them, raising up new leaders in our, in our organization. I'm still going to remain the primary communicator here at Center Riches for a season, and that season could last a year or two, um, but I'll still be the primary communicator. Pastor Ben is going to eventually move into that area where he will be the primary communicator here, and then I will be here on a, a regular basis as I am at Patchog, and, and hopefully real by then, we'll have another two or three campuses going, and, and it'll, it'll all work out really good where I'll be able to go to each one of them and, and just talk about vision and rally the troops, and we're just excited about that. One of the other things that the leadership was excited about and just really felt like it was kind of in my lane, and I'm excited about it, is that um, we, we're just, we have found ourselves in a place where we have influence, and we're building 
community relationships with local government and, and organizations. And, um, and that's my lane. I love that. I love being in places where we can have influence for the kingdom of God. And uh, so one of the things that has opened up in the last year or two for me is that uh, I, I sit on uh, District Attorney Sini's advisory board, and I sit on uh, Sheriff Toulon's advisory board for the Suffolk County Correctional uh, System. And you know what? It's the first time in all of these years that we've ever had a seat at the table, and we have a seat at the table now. And... Um, And I'm excited about that because I want to I take that to another level. I want to I be an influencer to the influencers for the kingdom of God. And what you don't, what you don't realize is that, um, that the harbor, you can't hardly go to a place on Long Island or talk to someone who isn't somehow connected to the harbor. It's amazing how this church and a warehouse has influenced the island in such a positive way. We're excited that on Father's Day, by the way, I'm having Sheriff Toulon come here, and we're going to interview him. He's got an extraordinary story, and it's going to be an incredible Father's Day service, so you won't want to miss that. Um, and so Pastor Ben and I are going to be working very close together uh, and communicating and making sure that every need of this campus is being met, and, uh, but we're also going to release Pastor Ben and Amber to, uh, to just run to just run with the, a vision for this place, and, and uh, I'm, I'm excited. So you guys good with that? So what to expect this year at this campus, Center Um So one of the things that we are excited about launching, we're actually going to launch it in Patchog first and get all the bugs worked out, and then we'll launch it here. And we're calling it's called Growth Track, and it's a, it's a discipleship uh, program. It's a short-term program to kind of jumpstart people into discipleship with the goal of building relationships within the body to do life together, but then to eventually get them into connect groups. And so the passion that Pastor Ben has is to disciple people and to integrate them into the body and to where, they, where they can serve and they can be a part and do life together. And his vision and passion is to um, just launch a, a bunch of different connect groups this year, uh, specialty groups, uh, just different ways that we can reach people. You know, even Patchogue, one of the things that's been a success over there is our community groups where it, it's, it's not for the Christian yet. It's for the person that's almost there and they're looking, but they, they, they need to build a relationship with someone. So they go meet in a coffee shop and have coffee and have conversation and then say, hey, would you consider coming to a connect group at someone's house and learn the Bible? And it's been a wonderful first step to get people that might not come to church yet, but that'll have a cup of coffee with them. And so we're going to be launching a, a, a lot of groups this year. And, it, and if Pastor Ben calls you, he's going to want something. So just know that. You might think about it before you take the call. But he might say, hey, would you consider teaching a connect group or hosting one? And, uh, and I just want you to be open for that because we're excited. Uh, so uh, discipleship and connecting is going to be our focus this year at this campus and just bringing that to another level. Also, we're excited that this week we launched a new Harbor app. So if you have the old app, just go into the App Store and update it. And um, there's just so many great things on this new app that you're going to love. You can listen or watch the messages right on the app. Um, and one of the things we're excited about is push notifications. Some of you have no idea what I just said. But that's a way that we can, if you enable that, that we can, as a church, connect with you if there's a 
desperate need or there's a crisis or there's an announcement or there's something that, you know, people don't check their emails anymore, not on a regular basis. You wait till there's like 5,000 of them and then you might go through them. But this is a great way that, that we can stay connected with you and let you know what's happening. And so the new app is amazing and you're going to love it. If you have trouble with it loading, just uninstall it, reinstall it, and it'll kick right in. But I had no trouble. So that, that is brand new. It's operating right now as we speak. So we got connect groups as uh, is, is the last one we're gonna we're gonna launch those and uh, we're gonna need 100% participation and um, it's exciting. So let's talk about Patchog. We're excited. So three years ago, a little over three years ago, we stood up here. We showed you a video of the city of Patchog. We talked to you about the vision we had of of starting a satellite campus at Patchog, um, and we. Asked for you to get involved and pledge, and you guys did. And, and we launched Patchogue in October of 2016 at 89 North, the music venue. And, um, and for a church that's just three and a half years old, um, they have been running the last six months consistently over 400 people on a weekend. Isn't that crazy? And last Sunday, they broke all their attendance records uh, for, for a regular Sunday, and they were at 459 uh, it, it, for, the week, for the week, for Sunday and Tuesday night. And so, uh, we're, I mean, and, and let me just say, uh, let me give credit where credit's due. Pastor Scott and Faith, uh, if you can throw their picture up there, they have led uh, Patchogue with excellence. <clears throat> And Patchogs are going to grow by one this year because they're having a baby in March, so at least one. But, um, but uh, we're, we're just so excited. Pastor Scott, uh, as you know, is my son. And for, when we were church planting and even when we were at the other church I mentioned earlier, Scott has always been right in there with me, uh, even as a – I couldn't keep him away from anything. As a toddler, I was working a bobcat, and he's sitting with his diaper on between my legs – for six hours in a bobcat moving dirt on our new building. Uh, he's just always been right there with me. And uh, Scott and Faith have been on staff here for 11 years, started as our youth pastors. And then uh, four years ago, I approached him and said, hey, I think it's time for you to, to do your own campus. And uh, he has developed an unbelievable team and has become, amen, and has become an unbelievable organizer, leader. And, and I'll tell you, as far as a speaker is concerned, I marvel sometimes, like, that's the kid I wanted to kill when he was 14 years old, like that kid. And, uh, but you know what? We've got sons and daughters here that I marvel at all of their giftings, and it's, it's just an amazing thing. So with the growth that we're experiencing at Patchogue, uh, I'm not going to share with you all the changes because I think it would get confusing for you. If you want to know what's happening at Patchogue, go on Tuesday night and you're going to hear what God is doing over there. But, I, but some things I do want to share with you. The current service times are Sundays at 10.15 and Tuesday nights at 7.30. And so we're excited to announce that starting on March 1st, that uh, Sundays at 9.30, 11, and Tuesday nights at 7.30, and making room for God to grow and do things, some amazing things. And so we're excited about that. And, and uh, I mean, I'm just blown away that three and a half years ago, there was nothing there. And now there's a, a, a viable church, a strong church that's impacting their community. How many are excited about Easter Sunday coming up? Not really, huh? <laughs> S- 
so we're going to do something this year we've never done before. This is exciting. It's innovative. It's something that I've dreamed about for a long time. But what, what do you guys think if we found a place to meet and had both campuses come together as one big family for one big Easter service? How many think that'd be cool? Well, we found a place, and we are going to be having Easter Sunday service at the Patchog Theater. We're both campuses. One big service. So last year, it was our first year, uh, last year between both campuses on Easter Sunday, we were just over 1,000 people for Easter Sunday. The Patchog Theater sits 1,200 people. What do you say we fill that thing? What do you say we fill it to the brim on Easter Sunday? So we're excited about that, and, and that, that is just some great stuff. And there's one more thing coming up that I'm excited about, and that is our Harbor Conference 2020. I, come on. So some of you were involved in the Harbor Conference of 2018. Some of you weren't. It was incredible. It was absolutely an amazing experience. We had it here at the church, and we picked a weekend where it was 198 degrees and the air conditioning stopped working, and everyone was sweating. But we, we stunk, and we worshiped God. It was awesome. And, uh, but um, we, we realized that, um, that you know, we, we need to have it in a venue that's neutral because we want to bless the island. It's not just about the harbor. We want to be a resource that, you know, on the east end of Long Island, that we have a quality conference that churches can be a part of. And so we are excited to announce we found a venue for the Harbor Conference, which is May 15th, 16th, and 17th. You're the first ones to know this. We haven't even released this information out yet. How many would like to know where it's at? <laughs> Patchogue Theater. So about a month after Easter Sunday, uh, we will be at the Patchogue Theater, and um, what we are excited about is we reserved the theater for Sunday, the 17th, and we are going to be having another combined service with both campuses on the e end of that, that conference weekend, and one of the speakers, I'm not going to tell you who it is yet, uh, is going to stay through Sunday and be our keynote speaker for the Harbor Church. It's going to be amazing. And so the theme of our conference this year is He Speaks. And so we, when ticket uh, sales start to uh, uh, become available here in the next week or two, um, you know, one of, one of the things that happened in our last conference is people just, they weren't buying tickets, and um, when the weekend came, we sold out, and they couldn't come, and people were upset. But we were saying for months, you got to get your tickets early. I want to let you know that we are not increasing the price of our tickets $1 from the last conference that was here, and we're getting all that. So, amen. And so uh, when, the, when the ticket sales become available, we'll let you know. We're promoting it in the community of just a Friday and Saturday because we want people from other churches to go to their churches on Sunday. It's not about the harbor. But as a church family, we're going to be there for Sunday. So um, how, how many, uh, are, are you excited at all about what God is doing at the harbor church? Amen. Could we stand up? Come on. Let's stand up, and I would just like to, just for a minute or two, let's just celebrate by worshiping God today and, and just, just, just saying, God, thank you for all that you're doing in this place. And, and uh, listen, man, I hope that you're ready because you need to sit down, buckle up, and get ready for the trip because it's going to be a crazy year. 
and I think that God is going to fill this place, both campuses. Many people that you've been praying for are going to be sitting here a year from now because God's going to honor your prayers. So let's just believe for great things. Amen? Come on, let's give it up for the Lord. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you would like to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus today, visit us online at www.theharborli.com backslash next step.